Do you ever watch something and say, where do I know that actor from? Are you tired of endless scrolling across the infinite streaming platforms? Do you want someone to just tell you in a kind of bossy yet non-judgmental way what you should be watching? Then this podcast is for you. Welcome to EMDB TV podcast. I'm going to get better at saying it every single week. <laughs> and then I'm going to put a supercut of me saying it. And then over the course of it, hopefully it's like flawless. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, welcome to EMDB TV podcast. For this week's episode, I'm joined with special guest and my double cousin, Michael. Yay, Michael. So, Michael, we are double cousins, which means right. that we are cousins on both sides of our family. And I guess that would be like if Ross and Monica Geller married Dee and Dennis Reynolds from Always Sunny in Philadelphia and had kids. But that's I guess an, it would be like yeah, that. Yeah, it would be like that. <laughs> but that's an entirely different podcast, and so we won't get into that now. <laughs> but thank you for joining me today, Michael. I asked you to have a, a little bit of a TV talk with me because I know that we both watch a lot of content, but I think we watch very different content. And, and I think we have maybe some shared childhood memories of TV that would be fun to discuss. But yeah, I just, well, let's, let's get into it. So I think like to first just introduce uh, my special guest here. So like I said, we're double cousins. And so that's how we know each other. We are family. <laughs> <laughs> so, so check, that's done. So Michael, what is your relationship with TV? Do you watch a lot of TV? Do you watch a lot of content that's not tv i know you all watch a lot of movies yeah, right yeah it's it's interesting i guess i watch a lot of stuff on a tv mm -hmm. but i don't know if i watch a lot of tv shows okay or that kind of stuff mm -hmm. i know like and most of the things i watch now are movies on tv and then if i'm gonna watch something shorter it's weird it's it, i'm usually more apt to watch like just youtube videos or something which for me has kind of become tv mm -hmm. right that kind of short shorter form yeah weekly installments of a thing it's well, yeah. i usually go to youtube for that i think it begs the question of like what even is tv now right you know yeah. it's like none of it is truly television by the definition i guess of television i should look that up i suppose but <laughs> <laughs> but the concept of it though it's, it's all just content right, right. short form long yeah. form it's all just I mean, content mo movies even are changing that mm -hmm. way a lot too i mean especially in the past two years now that theaters are well i mean they're kind of coming back but you know, I think a lot of things that other previously would have been in a movie theater where, I mean, it's pretty easy to say it's a movie, it's playing in a movie yeah. theater. is now something that's going straight to a streaming platform that's probably mostly TV shows that it's, you know, alongside. So I don't know where, I'm not sure where you would draw that line, you know. Yeah. And then there's a lot of TV series now where the episodes are, because it's on a streaming platform, there are no commercials. It's longer. The episodes are longer. So they can sometimes be upwards of an hour. So then at what point is like, is it time-based that defines a movie? Is it time-based that defines right. TV? Because otherwise you're just watching like a season of movies, essentially <laughs> eight yeah, different you know, movies. I, I think, I think that's becoming a thing more recently. I, I know like Twin Peaks season three, a lot of people are like, Oh, this is just like a 12 hour long movie. <laughs> so where do you draw the, where do you draw the line then? I mean, it's, yeah. it's is it, is it that it's a, a format thing or is it a content thing? I'm, I'm not totally sure, but I mean, even now it's like, especially, big franchise things that are branching off into tv shows i mean you, right. you look at like disney plus marvel mcu stuff 
where do you draw the line between like a, a, a TV show on Disney Plus and how that bleeds over into an entire franchise of movies? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's like I think when we were kids, you know, it was so separate from the mediums in which you consume that content. You know, it was TV was on a TV, and movies yeah, were in yeah. a theater. And movies were either in a theater or on a VHS tape. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, and there were no really TV shows, not really, I don't think, that were on VHS tapes at that time. Kids yeah. shows and stuff, I guess, but yeah, I don't, because I mean, there was not really any sort of like major television shows coming out on VHS, because I think that didn't really start until maybe DVDs. Yeah, and I think syndication is probably a bigger thing too. It's like you probably yeah. didn't need to own it because it's shows that you wanted to watch were always playing on tv true uh, you know on a live schedule yeah i try and tell my kids when they're watching tv and they get and and if they want to watch something that's like on youtube and so it has commercials in it (laughs) they get so impatient when a commercial starts running and i'm like i know i know ads are terrible but this and i try i resist the urge to be like well when i was a kid i had to (laughs) sit through commercials and if you wanted to watch something then you had to be there to watch it at the time (laughs) so you can't just like shout out something like halloween train and then all of a sudden you're playing something halloween train on youtube on your tv instantaneously yeah, well, I, I I think it's good though that they're already disliking ads at such a young age. I guess so, but then I feel like ads. It's like it's a it's so a bit of a break from the content, mm-hmm. where sometimes when my kid is watching stuff and it's on autoplay, it's like and there's no ads in there. It's like mm-hmm. oh shit, you've been watching these toy videos for how long straight exactly? <laughs> I'm sorry, I am a bad parent right now, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that was one of the reasons why I kind of stopped watching TV for a, a long while is that, like, I just got sick of seeing ads. Mm. And now it's like, you know, watching content on a computer. And most of the time I've got, like, an ad blocker on my laptop. If I'm watching mm-hmm. something on my laptop, I don't I don't have to see ads. Even on, like, YouTube, it blocks ads on there, which is nice. Yeah. But if I'm watching something on my TV, like, streaming it to a TV, it's on, like, Hulu or whatever, like, all you see, and you, like, right now, especially, just all political ads. It makes oh, me not want to watch TV, goodness. but... <laughs> yeah, I think because I don't watch a lot... We don't watch kids' shows on, like, live television. It's always mm-hmm. streaming. And so I don't see... Whenever we actually do see live television, like, if we're traveling or something, and it's live TV, and it's like, oh, okay, we'll turn on a Nickelodeon or Disney Channel or whatever. This is the first time ever that I see toy commercials, like, current yeah. toy commercials. I'm like, oh, my God, this is what toys look like these days. <laughs> But then it's also like, oh, I'm glad that my kids aren't watching it on live TV because then they're like, I want that. I want that toy. Ah, yeah. 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 But instead, they have content on YouTube where it's just a kid opening toys and then trying (laughs) to get them to buy those toys and like and subscribe. And it's like, oh, this is just a really long commercial, basically. Yeah, the commercial is the content at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I guess is Hmm. not too dissimilar, actually, from how a lot of cartoons that we grew up with originated. Like G.I. Yeah, Joe's. I mean, I, they were all to sell yeah, toys. Yeah, G.I. Joe, tran- Transformers. He-Man. Those are all just, yeah, they're all just toy ads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, which I'm sure that if you, you know, tune into any current cartoon on, on TV now, it's probably all just to sell toys. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I think maybe because I'm detached from the, the commercials part of it, there are definitely series or characters that will watch in shows. And then I'm like, oh, this is based off of a toy. That's how it started. It's like, why is this show produced by VTech? 
like oh yeah. it started out as a toy and then they made a show off right. of it I'm like, but the yeah. show itself is very good so you know it's fine as long <laughs> as the content's good i don't care i'm agnostic <laughs> but yeah it's it's i i didn't realize that until i started watching that series uh, was it the toys that made us yeah yeah that's a good one of just like oh wow yeah this is completely this was my childhood <laughs> like the 90s childhood <laughs> yeah. like definitely bought into all collecting all the toys you're a big toy collector too right mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what it's kind, a problem yeah it's a problem <laughs> what kinds of things do you collect these days it's a lot of books comics and, and books mm-hmm. the thing that i got into collecting over the past two years was board games oh, okay it's because my girlfriend and i've just been playing a ton of board games yeah uh so it's like like enough board games where i had to go out and buy a new bookshelf <laughs> to put all the board games on it's, it's oh, disgusting oh man you're ready to be retired already i feel like <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well but yeah i think m- mostly just the things cluttering my house are just piles and piles of books so then for like comic books and like graphic novels and everything do you make it a point when there's like when there's content that comes out tied to that that you watch that and compare um, them I, yeah i guess and most of the comics that i'm reading are not superhero franchisey stuff mm. but i guess it, it's weird though because it kind of works the other way around like there was a moon knight show mm-hmm. on disney plus recently and i'm like it's like oh i gotta figure out what this character is about so you go out and buy like a you know collected graphic novel of you know recent moon knight run yeah. or something yeah um so, but actually I mean, that, that that series was just like an eight hour long commercial for the for that, that book that, that i bought yeah. yeah and it, it, <laughs> yeah, worked. So it worked it worked it worked uh, i don't know if the roi is really worth it <laughs> hopefully they made some money on the actual show too but <laughs> Yeah, print in- media, they're trying to save. <laughs> yeah, increased book sales of what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think there's been any big movies or TV series that I had been already on the hook for from like a comic or some other uh, other form of media, mm-hmm. at least not in, in recent memory. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of TV shows and movies or content in general do you like to watch? Like genres. I, was tr- I was trying to think of this like the stuff that i've been watching recently it's more comedy leaning i think and i think the things that i'll watch week after week you know s- series wise is it's weird it's kind of a more like a dark comedy mm. drama th- th- thriller kind of fusion stuff uh-huh. so like B- barry i was very excited to watch a new season of barry mm-hmm. and the, the funny thing about that show is that that show's gotten progressively less and less funny oh yeah that show started on. out as like pretty much a comedy like a true dark yeah. comedy and now it's just like bleak <laughs> it's just, like I, I think the the thing about the finale of season three was that there was one joke in that entire episode <laughs> <laughs> but it's the kind of thing where now you watch it and it's like if you picked up that show in season three, you wouldn't even know that Bill Hader was, you know, like on SNL. Yeah. He was a comedy actor. Mm -hmm. It's become so deadly serious, but I I like that. You know, I like Mm -hmm. watching it grow from one thing into another or like the other show that I watch every episode week after week recently was Atlanta, the new season of Atlanta. Mm. And that, that's another one too, where it's like Donald Glover, you know, he's on community, funny guy. Like that show is sometimes not funny at all. Yeah. So (laughs) I think Donald Glover is just amazing because it's like, I mean, I feel like so many people know him in very different parts of his either identity or like career and yeah. sometimes don't know the other parts of it at all. So it's like some, right. I can't remember, is there some major celebrity or other musician who's like, I didn't realize that Donald Glover and Childish Gambino were the same person. Yeah, yeah and like <laughs> extremely successful on both yeah. fronts. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, the guy from the from Community, oh, the guy from Derek Comedy, like, yeah. 
that guy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy to think about. I mean, I, I remember you introducing me to Derek Comedy like way, way back when. <laughs> it was like, what is this? Feels yeah. very similar yeah. to the show that we'll deep dive into later. <laughs> A little yeah, bit. So, yeah. yeah spring, kind of springboarding off of that too. Like I was trying to think, you know, preparing for this this episode yeah. it's like you know what shows do i watch what shows do i like and i think it was you know starting off when i was little it was a lot of cartoons mm-hmm. nickelodeon cartoons yep. uh, cartoon network yeah. stuff doug um, rugrats rockers yeah. classics exactly exactly yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i think even some like ren and stimpy i was mm-hmm. watching probably when i was too little i mean um, i feel like if you weren't an adult watching that at the time you were too little yeah. like so much of that comedy i, I need to go back and rewatch it because if, yeah. there's just so much I, that you're like what <laughs> Don't look too deep into it because the creator is like a total creep. Okay. But, <laughs> but I, I'd be curious to see if some of that holds up. But yeah, yeah, that was the kind of thing where it's like, I don't really remember watching any, you know, long form series kind of stuff. It was all pu- almost purely episodic mm-hmm. TV that I grew up watching. And even when I was in like a teenager and up through college, it was a lot of like sketch comedy anthology stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Kids in the Hall, I would watch every day after high school and then like once i was an undergrad you know i'd watch i watched a lot of like upright citizens brigade had a show mm-hmm. stella in the state what is that stella is michael showalter michael ian black and david wayne the guys uh-huh. who did a wet hot american summer uh-huh. so they had a like a sketch comedy show called the state that i think was on mtv in like the late 90s and then the three of them had a, a sketch comedy show called stella i think ran on comedy central for like one or two seasons mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Like that was the kind of stuff I was watching. Like, and and now it's you know all these comedians who I follow on like podcasts or stand up stuff. Like Human Human Giant, have you heard of that? Yeah. Like that's Paul Shear and Aziz yeah. Ansari and Rob mm-hmm. Hubel. Yeah. They came up on that on like MTV Two, which is you know these weird sketch comedy shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know I I wanted to have you on to talk about TV because I do feel like we watch such different things. You know, like when I sent over the outline, it was kind of like, oh, what are you watching now? And like, what are recommendations? Like you put down stuff and I feel like I watch so much TV, but then I talk to you and I'm like, what are these shows? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I've never I, heard of these before. <laughs> I think that's a thing why it's, it's kind of hard for me to get into TV sometimes. It's mm-hmm. like, there's just too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you feel like you're missing out on something or, you know, if there's something that's popular, you feel like maybe you got onto it a little bit too late to join in on like a water cooler conversation on mm. it. But for me, I think the shows that I'm more, drawn to anyway are things that are more bite-sized yeah i think i think i think really what it comes down to is i have like kind of a short attention span for this kind of stuff it's hard for me to pay attention to a show for like you know 12 hour long episodes yeah over the course of like months yeah for you it's either like a short video of something or it's like a self-contained 90 minute to two hour story within a movie basically yeah 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 Yeah. so then i'm assuming then that you're not a binge watcher it's hard. I think it depends what it is. Any shows that think, you have been able to binge or that you have really enjoyed binging then? See, the, the weird thing is, it's got to be something I think that already speaks to me. That's like on my wavelength that I would be interested in off uh-huh. the bat. So I think the only show that I kind of binge watched over the past couple of years was Search Party. Mm. And I watched like, I, I think I think that shows like there's four seasons of it. And I watched like the first three seasons pretty quickly like, and what over is, the course of a couple of weeks. I have only watched like, I feel like maybe the, a first episode of that. What is that show about? It's a show about Alia Shawkat is the main character. Mm-hmm. Maybe it. from Arrested Development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's about her, like a, a girl that she knew in college goes missing. Mm-hmm. And she kind of takes it upon herself to find what happened to this, to this girl that she knew. Mm-hmm. Like not, 
didn't know her very close. Uh -huh. Just like some uh, somebody she just knew very casually in college. Like, I'm going to figure out what happened to this person. And she kind of ropes three of her friends into this thing. And it gets increasingly bad for, for them. Uh -huh. uh, and then it kind of turns into this thing about how was she trying to find this person to actually help this person? Or was she doing it for selfish reasons? Mm -hmm. Like for attention and, then, and stuff? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. And then it's four seasons of that, like escalating each okay. season. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And how yeah. long but are the episodes? They're short. I okay. mean, they're like 22 minutes. Okay. Uh, but the interesting thing is that each season kind of changes. And I mean, the first season is kind of a mystery. And then the themes of it kind of change and morph season to season. Mm -hmm. Like each season of that show is kind of a different show. Okay. All relating back to this one inciting incident of this, this person going missing. Gotcha. I do like that when season to season, it has a very different feel because then it does, it feels like fresh where it's not like, Oh, I'm watching a whole other like eight episode batch of the same show necessarily. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. That's, there's just so much content. Like you said, there's yeah. just too many well, like, things out there to watch. When you watch a show though, do you, are you binging it or are you, is it usually stuff you're watching week to week? Or? It really depends. So I do both. And so there will be, because there will be shows where I will come late to the game basically where a season of has already been released or it's already run its course. And it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, I haven't gotten around to watching that. And so I'll start watching it. Or if it's something where maybe I come in like halfway through a season, and it's like it's the first season and so then I will binge watch it to catch up and then I will watch it week to week over that I do think though like I do have a tendency to binge watch like if that is an option I will do that mm. <laughs> so so that's why it's kind of like I, I do like the slow burn though of these shows that have those weekly drops and and I think that these streaming platforms, they kind of need to figure out what is their model for releasing right. their shows or figuring out what is the best way to release some of these shows because, you know, Netflix is Netflix invented the binge. And so they would just drop everything. But yeah. you can't really do that when you don't have the type of content that people want to binge. And so or it's like, OK, well, I'm just going to I'm just going to completely binge all of that. And then and now what? And so it's kind of yeah. like it drives this weird demand from their viewers, too. Yeah, I wonder if that's something that Netflix is, is changing. Because, like, Stranger Things, I only watched yeah. the first, like, one and a half seasons of Stranger Things. But I, I, I thought I'd heard that the new season is splitting, it's split in half. Yeah, they do have more shows that are, like, it's, it says, like, weekly episodes on there. And, and then I think, and sometimes they'll drop, like, oh, the first couple of episodes. I think a lot of the streaming platforms do that, too, where they'll drop, like, mm -hmm. maybe the first three episodes or the first two episodes. And then it's, like, another week until the next one. Yeah. But I, I think that, like, Apple TV and HBO Max, like they have more similar to what TV used to be, where it's like a week to week okay, yeah. thing. And I think that you need that because you need to have the space between episodes for people to be like speculating about it and talking about it and to kind of drive that buzz. Right. Because otherwise it's like, oh yeah, eight episodes dropped. Maybe I consumed all of it and like, okay, now who am I going to talk to about it? Yeah. What's going to happen next? next being like the next season a right, year from now right so yeah. then it's like okay so i not only have to talk about one episode with somebody i have to talk about an entire season of it like all at <laughs> once and like maybe they haven't watched all of it so so yeah i think uh, i think netflix is kind of struggling with that i'm <laughs> just like I mean, they're struggling with a lot of things right now <laughs> yeah yeah so so yeah we'll we'll see if they figure it out but but yeah i think i do have a tendency to binge if it's available huh. and so there's shows like uh, the sinner or sinner the what one with that? Bill Pullman and Jessica Biel is in the first season of it anyways. I think she mm -hmm. was nominated for an award for it. They're both excellent. But it's like, I think there's three or four seasons of it now. And each season is kind of like a different case. 
And so it could be completely, it could be a completely different cast. So like the first season was focused around Bill Pullman as the detective and then Jessica Biel as this woman. You probably saw some of the advertising for it way back when, where she just like is on a beach and then all of a sudden she just snaps and starts stabbing a guy. She like murders a guy out of nowhere. And it's like, what happened? And it's this kind of like mystery that you get pulled along to as they're Mm -hmm. trying to prosecute her for it. And then she's also trying to figure out like why she did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that show is definitely like a slow burn, but because I discovered it later, I think I was watching it while I was on maternity leave and it was like, oh yeah, this show. Well, I just watched all of the episodes back to back because it was like you, an episode ends and you're like, whoa, what, ha- what's going to happen? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to find out what's going to happen. And then you're just like sitting there, you know? And so, <laughs> so I think that, that show was very satisfying being able to watch it that way because I could see how it would be like infuriating if you were watching that, uh, okay, yeah. like on a week to week basis, but infuriating, like in a good way too, of like, oh, I want to know what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The tension building yeah. over the course of a week. And then I think some shows are so overly complicated too with like, so like Game of Thrones, for instance, when I started watching Game of Thrones, it was like shortly after it had come out originally, but it was still a few episodes into its release. And so (laughs) I watched the first episode and I'm like, what, who are all of these people? Because it's introducing so many different people and plot lines (laughs) that it's like, okay, well, I have to watch the next one. And it's like, okay, well, now I have to go back and watch this one. And so I feel like I had to reintroduce, I had to give myself all of this additional context for like, who are these people and all these characters? And so I, I think like when there are shows that are super complicated like that, also not having any breaks in between the episodes, it's kind of like, okay, I, uh, there's no, okay, yeah, it's, it's fully continuous and watching it. So, yeah, that's interesting. Like the, the hook to bring you back could either be that you, want to figure out more of who the relationships and where the plot's going or it could be like a cliffhanger type situation Mm -hmm. but which is interesting like game of thrones i wonder once they got the kind of the legwork out of the way in the first season i wonder if it was easier for people to stay on board for the rest of that show i don't remember that show being as popular when the first season of it was airing yeah as it was later in like season two or three and it really picked up yeah yeah what is it? It's like in Rick and Morty when it's like season two and it's like, oh, yes, all of the loose ends from season one have been askewed. So now it can be it's like, yeah, that's basically what it is. It's like now, you know, all of these characters, so we don't need to spend any time on exposition for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like a show like that, though, like what is there to know about the characters? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think you need to know anything. I mean. When is that show coming back? Is that show coming back? Rick and I don't know. I I don't even think I watched the last season. I think it was something that kind of just, I remember being really into that show for a while and then Mm -hmm. it just disappearing. And like, I I guess I got, you know, I forgot about it. It's weird. There's just so much other stuff. I mean, the thing is, is like when it first came out, it was, it was very novel. I feel like, um, especially in that adult animated space. Mm -hmm. And it was so smart. And I mean, like, I think the second episode of that show is probably one of the, one of the funniest, smartest adults animated sh- like TV that I've seen ever. It's the which it's one's that? The it's the dog one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the dogs become sentient. Yes, that yeah, one? Yeah. yeah. I forget what that Not episode sentient. is called. They, 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 become, they, they, they access their talk. intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to look up what the title of that episode is. Yeah. But but yeah, I think that that show is so excellent, and then it just suffered from inconsistent releases, and oh, yeah. and then. I mean, they have such a cult following, but then, I mean, even 
every cult has their limits, right? <laughs> so, but I mean, you look at like a fan base, like the, the fan base for that show where there's people getting into fights over like Szechuan sauce that gets released yeah. at McDonald's. Like it's that's pretty, crazy. It's, it's like, you know, dictionary toxic yes. <laughs> fan base. Yes. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time that I met the creator of that show? Yeah, that is a that's a great story. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to retell that story. Then. <laughs> so you just act like I haven't told you this story before. <laughs> no, I, what story? What story? Who? Who did you meet, Emily? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like shortly after I moved to the Bay Area, though, and I was in a park with a friend, and we were hanging out, and it was like Alamo Park, Alamo Park or something like that up in San Francisco. And this guy comes up, with he's with this woman, and he's just like, Hey, how's it going? How are you doing? And it's like, oh, we're good. How's, how's it going? And it's like, oh, we're good. I was just wondering, like, do you have do you ever have any like weed that you could like <laughs> share or like sell or anything like that? And I was just like, I, you know, you caught me at a weird time, but no, I don't. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I definitely would if I if I could, but I don't have any. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And so he's like, you mind if we just like sit down and, and join you guys? I was like, yeah, sure, okay, and. We started talking and I was like, so what do you do? And he's like, oh, I, I'm a TV, I work in TV. And so I was like, oh, anything that I would know you from? I was like, yeah, I created this show. It's like a kid's show. It's called Fish Hooks. And then I do some of the voices on that. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll look it up. And then I was like, and then he's like, I'm starting this new project too. Do you watch the show Community? And I was like, oh yeah, 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 Community. I love that, I love that show. He's like, yeah, Dan Harmon, like I'm, he and I are starting up this other show. And uh, I was like, oh, what's that show gonna be about? He's like, oh, it's gonna be animated too, but it's not like for kids. And the premise of it is like, it's like like Doc Brown and like, you know, Marty McFly from, from like Back to the Future. But it's kind of like, they're, it's like a grandfather and a grandson. And they kind of like time travel and stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, that, that sounds cool, I guess. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> all right. So one, this like weird, but nice dude comes and solicits weed from me. And then it turns out to be some some guy in TV, but from nothing that I've actually heard of. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, does he actually work in TV? Because I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> and then I want to say like two months later, Rick and Morty comes out. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, and at the end, it's like Justin Roiland. And I'm like, Oh my oh, God, the that's the guy that I met. Me. That's the guy that I met and that almost <laughs> bought drugs from me. Yeah. So Justin, if you're listening somehow, I'll, I'm better prepared now. So you can come and ask me again. <laughs> anytime. Can, anytime. Hit me up, man. Hit me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, that is crazy. Yeah. I, it's like, I, I wish I had known then who he was. <laughs> but then at the same time, I'm kind of like, no, I'm really glad that I did it. Because I mean, Rick and Morty wasn't even a thing at the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that is, that's nuts. Yeah. No, Rick and Morty though. I think that, I think that show would probably still hold up. So I went back and watched it. It will. It definitely yeah. does. I have rewatched it. It definitely does. But I, I do feel like it's, there's not as fervent of a following for it now because there are a lot of other shows that are similar yeah. to it. And I mean, that's, Part of the thing, too, is like between Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland, they also have started multiple shows like separately and together in the meantime. Mm -hmm. So it's like, where is where is the attention going to Rick and Morty here? And I remember it's like, the, you know, they would do like all these weird like co-branding things with like, oh, a commercial for Dunkin Donuts. And it's like, can you just make another season of Rick and Morty, please? Like, can you yeah. stop doing this? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's the kind of thing where it's like I, I probably realize where it's like Cartoon Network, Adult Swim Money. It's probably Trump change compared yeah. to like you know commercials and like 
you know, Apple TV. Didn't they like yeah. have an Apple t- Apple TV show or something? Yeah, or? yeah, or like a series of like shorts yeah. or something like that. Or I think they did like yeah, it was like they had a bunch of different like one that was based off of kind of like anime samurai style or something like that. Yeah. But it was like, huh. me, can you just please continue what the canon is for the actual show <laughs> that, that started all this? Like, but yeah, you know, I think they would be the first ones to recognize that it's like, yeah, I got to get that corporate ad money. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Like if I can, there's bigger opportunities out there. Yeah. But then the other show that came out a couple, I think it's in a couple seasons already a solar opposites. That's mm, pretty mm-hmm. similar to Rick and Morty. I mean, that's too. probably what I was thinking. Yeah, of. Yeah. yeah, that one's pretty good too. So, yeah. yeah. So, what are you watching these days? Like current stuff? Yeah. Or what? Do you, what are you watching currently? It doesn't need to be current. Yeah, TV. Th- that's what I was trying to think too. It's <laughs> yeah. like, what am I watch? What am I watching? You know, week to week, or what do? I, what will I sit down and watch? You know, mm-hmm. on like a regular basis. I mean, Barry just ended. Obi Wan Kenobi. Watched all of that mm-hmm. every week. I think the only thing that I'm really looking forward to weekly now is like Ms. Marvel. I think is is pretty good. That shows pretty great yeah yeah i so i have yeah sorry i was gonna say i have we finished obi-wan and Mm -hmm. i still am very ambivalent about it so i'm looking forward (laughs) to a deeper discussion with you and my friend Lori, who is on the very positive side of the spectrum of loving that and so so we'll have an interesting debate of is it was that good or bad i don't know (laughs) but yeah miss marvel though i've only watched i think the first two episodes of it though or maybe maybe only the first episode actually so so how has that show been going building on um, the pilot yeah what this week was like what the fourth episode i think okay. it's uh it's kind of digging into more of the backstory of where this character's powers and mm-hmm. come from but mm-hmm. it, the interesting thing is it's still key, it's still presenting it through the lens of family okay. like family history mm-hmm. which is interesting i mean i don't think there's really any other marvel things at least that have kind of focused on that yeah uh, black panther maybe yeah yeah i guess kind so of. yeah the, the other nice thing about Ms. Marvel that I think it's continuing on through this point in the series, too, it's like it's still clearly a show that's, I think, catering towards young people, mm-hmm. which is nice to see. Yeah. And I think you probably get a good taste of this in the first couple episodes. Like visually, it's just it's stunning. Like, yeah. I, I can't think of any other show, even Marvel superhero stuff that looks like that. Yeah. You know, it just pops. It's just so bright and visually interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think it really is one of very few things weirdly that's like adapting comic books that actually kind of looks like a comic yeah. reminds you of that kind of energy and vibrancy of, of what an illustrated comic page can do mm-hmm. so i think that that's the stuff that i like about the show but it, it, it's it's interesting it's still it's still pretty good yeah. yeah yeah i think that the 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 aesthetic of that show although you know it's it clearly like Marvel movies in general have a sort of color palette, right? And as, mm-hmm. just as DC movies do too. Like DCs are very dark and gray yeah, yeah. and everything. And then Marvel movies are a lot brighter. But it, they are, I feel like, heavily reliant. All, both of them are on CGI, right? And so I think yeah. Marvel has that kind of look. Whereas I think Ms. Marvel, from what I've seen anyways, it's like, yes, it leverages a lot of CGI for like a lot of the action. But mm-hmm. I love the use of the, you know, the the drawings and the fact that she's the one who is the artist behind it because she's like yeah. a fangirl of these, you know, and that it's kind of like she's the one, who, she's truly the writer of the story because she's also the one who's doing the graphics for it too, essentially, right. overlaid right. in the plot. So I think yeah, that's really cool. Scenes that you otherwise wouldn't expect to have like a lot of CGI or special effects in them are kind of elevated or mm-hmm. brought to life with, you know, some flourishes colorful cgi flourishes that it's not action stuff that they're doing just just you know giving some character to a scene actually that show reminds me a lot of scott pilgrim the movie scott Mm, pilgrim okay i haven't seen that 
very vibrant, colorful, and okay. that kind of stuff. I've yeah. seen, I don't think that they are similar at all, but what it was giving me flashes of anyways was the show Eye Zombie, because I think that they would have uh-huh. kind of like a flash of, it would be like they would end a, sh- a shot and then it would be like the drawing of it, like a comic book drawing mm-hmm. of that sh- of that scene, basically. That show is based on a comic, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I think it is. <laughs> I, I think it, I don't know. There's so many things that are based on comics now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're just really, they're just really seeing what they can convert into TV shows at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like a, so it's either a TV show is either like an eight-hour-long commercial for a toy or an eight-hour-long commercial for a graphic novel or a comic book. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, they've already storyboarded this entire series for yes. us and the comics, so we'll just use yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm sure that that's why it's like it does. It definitely makes it so much easier to translate it. Like, yeah. it's so yeah. much easily more easily adapted than, like, a novel or an right. anthology of novels or something, so. And that's been a recent controversy, at least in, like, comics circles, comics professional circles, where mm-hmm. I think once Disney started having all these Marvel shows on Disney+, Plus, I mean, you see in the credits, and most of the times they credit, like, the writers mm, on the show. But on not the, the artists, They credit though. the writer of the comic uh-huh. in the show, but they typically do not credit the artist. Oh, which, for wow. a TV show, like a visual medium, yeah. that's a big part of it, right? If yeah. you're If you're pulling scenes directly from a panel of a comic, I mean, a, a, the, the writers admittedly have a lot to do with how, how that's presented in the comic, but, I mean, that's almost entirely the artist. Right, figuring, right, right. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and that I mean, it's like an entity, or like all of these equities, right, of these characters, where they have different artists, right? They have different eras of that character based off yeah. of who was the artist drawing them. Like Spider Man, it's like different yeah. versions of it, right? So yeah, I can definitely see how there. It's kind of it's just like straight up plagiarism of my work, and I'm not even credited, but it's like I'm the <laughs> one who created how this character looks, like down to the logo that you're putting on their chest. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does get that granular. It's like some people. It's like, well, I'm the artist who created the logo of this character that's super popular, and like, why didn't you credit me in your TV series? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. As a lawyer, that mu- that would probably be an interesting area, <laughs> like IP trademark and <laughs> yeah, copyright very specific. law. Yeah. I think what you get into that point, though, it's like Mar- Marvel, they own everything. Right. Like, as as you start Marvel just owns pen- everything. Pencil to paper, they own it. Yes. So. It's like Disney, yeah. right? Yeah. We're all Disney slaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like the other, the other show that I started watching just last night was the... Not the new season, newest in America, season three of Wellington Paranormal. Okay, what is that? On HBO Max. It's a spinoff of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh. It's the cops from What We Do in the Shadows. And the show is basically just cops <laughs> in Wellington <laughs> where they're investigating like ghosts and aliens and stuff. It's okay. pretty great. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to need to check that out then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah, what that's you're... That's not like, yeah. kind of regular quote-unquote regular tv <laughs> right yeah yeah what, what are what are you watching what's in your rotation now so i just uh, per recommendation from my friend laurie in our last discussion i watched julia on hbo max and that was one of was like i had i just not been interested in it because it was like ah oh, another julia child thing mm-hmm. but i watched it and i loved it i thought that it was i i actually kind of binge watched it like i watched basically as okay. many episodes as i could and then i watched the rest of them like the following day or like over the course of two days but yeah that show was excellent and and I think that it was just it had a lot of elements that I I love about TV shows where they are sort of explaining they show you the process behind something Hmm. so like like Mrs. Maisel like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel where it's like you see her develop her tight five comedy routine 
you know, you see that process yeah. of like making the joke, iterating the joke, putting them together, you know, and, and Julia was kind of like that where you see, see the evolution of her going from trying to develop her cookbook, her follow-up cookbook to she cooked something on another show that she was doing a guest, a, like a guest appearance on to talk about her book. But instead of doing that, she just cooked something instead. Huh. People were very skeptical of TV at that time. Mm -hmm. Just like, it's just a passing technology, just a passing fad. Mm -hmm. But that she was like a visionary of like, I think I should be on a TV show. Or I think the way huh. that this would translate or, or that she felt compelled that she was like, I belong on TV. And so it was sort of like her, the story of her, getting that off the ground and really being her own advocate for that. And then the people who huh. believed in it along the way. Interesting. So, yeah. Was she the first to have a cooking show on yes. TV? Yes. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also a very interesting reflection on where we have come from sort of the perception of TV in culture mm -hmm. and society, because not so long ago, TV was definitely seen as lower tier than movies and cinema, yeah. you know? And I think that, really like kind of the golden era of TV that started happening around like when Mad Men was coming out and like Breaking Bad and you just have like this really, you know, very cinematic looking yeah, television. Prestige mm -hmm. TV. Prestige TV. Yeah. I think that before that it was very much just like, ah, this is just for like idiots. Essentially. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's like from the first episode, it really catches you. And yeah, so I think and the acting was excellent on that. It was kind of hard to separate myself from the actors who portrayed all of the people in the movie Julie and Julia, where it was like Meryl yeah. Streep and <laughs> Stanley Tucci. But but yeah, it was definitely, I, I definitely like that show quite a bit, so. Yeah, is, is that a mini series or is it like an ongoing No, thing? I think it's supposed to come out with a second season of it, which huh. which is kind of funny because it's like, it you know, there's not like, I can't really say spoiler alerts because it's based off of what has actually happened. <laughs> there's some, you know, there's some creative license taken of like, there's a character that actually didn't exist and she's sort of a representation of like a lot of other people in history, but. But for the most part, though, it's like yeah. you can just don't, look up. Did <laughs> you make it? Don't don't spoil yeah. what happened. Right, 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 right. What happened to TV? Did it did it ever become more that, than a passing fad? Yeah, is I don't that know. Still a thing? I don't know. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> yeah. So that show was excellent, and then I started watching. I watched the first episode of Dark Winds, which what, what's that? Dark Winds is the what show? What, I think it's on AMC, maybe and. It takes place on the Navajo reservation. There's a, a murder on the reservation and it's kind of like the local, the, the reservation sheriff's department essentially it, trying to solve it. And then also working with like the FBI on another case because it's like mm -hmm. federal land, you know? So there's kind of mm -hmm. like the, the interesting dynamic of like the jurisdictions between like federal and tribal, okay. but it's the, the guy who plays the tribal sheriff is the guy from reservation dogs who plays the, the police officer on that show. Oh, okay. <laughs> and also the guy in Westworld who played the, the who played the who played the main also native american no he's the like native american <laughs> chief guy who is like i think he's painted in all white or something okay. like that yeah huh. yeah so he's his name is zon something and he he was also in fargo i think episodes of fargo <laughs> but he's sort of like like the native american actor <laughs> you see a lot of things i mean so, he's good in reservation he's, dogs i mean he's excellent sense. at everything that he's yeah. in and so i'm like happy to see that he's getting he's like a lead 
you know, yeah. like the, so it's yeah, that's cool. It's cool to see, yeah. And so I just started watching that. I think they're like they're they already have like a few episodes into it though. Mm. But then also I started I watched the first episode of Westworld season four, and because uh, that just came out and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> I'm kind of like, I might just go rewatch season one and then call it a day. I'm not sure. But then on the lighter side of things, I started, I fell into an accidental binge of the show that Netflix pushed on me that is very popular right now because it's in the top 10 called Snowflake Mountain. What yeah. is that? <laughs> so this is basically like a, I will scare you straight <laughs> type, like nature survivalist challenge show, but it's for all of these like, 20 something year old like kids like gen z whatever who want to be like influencers or they're just like terrible like useless and their parents are like you need to grow up basically but then it's interesting watching it because it's like you made them this way (laughs) but it's kind of like some of the parents are just like i give up you just hopefully this show works (laughs) so they like put them in they, they put them in like Jeeps and then they drive them out and they have all their stuff. And it's like these like, you know, fancy designer suitcases and all their designer clothes. And they're all like, oh, it's dirty and I'm getting my sneakers dirty and everything. And then and then they like kick them out of the Jeeps. And then it's like, you're here. Basically, there's like nothing. <laughs> they, they don't know that they're just it's like a survival show. I So I don't know. What, so when they say what they thought they were or what they were expecting, they were like, I thought was gonna be shaking my ass on a yacht or something like that and it's like (laughs) how did you think that when your parent like they show them the interviews they cut the the interviews of the parents and like introducing who the kids are and everything and then like why they're going on this show it's like what did you think this show was going to be i don't know (laughs) but maybe that's part of it is that these people are just like they don't listen yeah and they probably hear is tv show exactly that's that's enough exactly Yeah. yeah and so it's like these two guys who are the hosts of it, but they're not really hosts. They're just like, it's the only two guys. And they're like these survivalist experts or whatever. But I think they're just trying to, so they have these like challenges of like, oh, well, (laughs) you need to go and swim to this platform in this lake and then go collect these crates and that has food in it and that's how you're going to eat. And it's like, what the hell is this show? <laughs> but I think I binge watched like five episodes of that accidentally. So it was definitely, oh, accidentally. It, it, accidentally course, yeah. yeah. It, it definitely hooked me. I haven't finished it yet though, but, but it is really interesting because you see, you see some of these challenges where it's like, okay, learn how to start a fire. And mm-hmm. for these kids who have never done anything in their lives, I say kids. These people are like ranging from the ages of 20 to 19 to like 25, 28. Yeah, they're all adults. Yeah. Yeah. They're all YA, yes. But you see them where they they successfully start this fire or they successfully like chop down this tree or learn a skill. And the sense of accomplishment that they feel, Mm. it like changes them. And it's just like, wow, you have in your 25 years of life, you've never been pushed to accomplish something like to finish something and you never and i wonder too like it's it's i think the reason why it's interesting is because when i think about it from the parents aspect right of like well you feel very disappointed in your child but at the same time like you didn't believe that they were capable of doing anything so you never pushed them to do these things because but then they always say like oh i just feel like there's so much potential and like they're just not living up to their potential 
It's like, well, then I guess I, I don't know. I guess I could be eating my words when my kids get to be older and I can't figure out how to get them to be productive people. But yeah, but like, I just, I don't, I don't know how it's interesting. It's an interesting show to watch because it makes you wonder like, how does somebody become like that? And then right. how does this experience yeah. change them? So. Yeah, that's that's interesting. A show like that, it seems a little bit sneaky where maybe the premise on, on its face is like, look at these douchebags trying to yeah. not die out in the wilderness. Yeah. But I bet it is the kind of thing where it's like you see these kids change. Yeah, these kids. Yeah. Yeah, uh, these kids. Yeah, there and there's like some really interesting twists and turns along the way yeah. too. So, uh, you know, is, is it more like Survivor or like uh, a survival no, show? No, no, yeah. it's not. Because like nobody's gonna die, nobody's gonna starve, yeah. <laughs> like nobody's gonna yeah. maybe dehydrate or anything like that. It's interesting because this is the first season of it. I would mm. think that there's probably there would probably be multiple seasons of this because I think it's pretty relevant, and I mm-hmm. think that it's being it's popular enough right now. I mean, it's in top ten that may, but Netflix also I have no idea what the hell Netflix does. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting part of Barry, I feel like, of understanding, like, why some shows get picked up and why some shows do not. (laughs) But I feel like because it's the first season of this, it's kind of like a great show like Love is Blind where the premise is novel enough that you don't know what the twist is. So you actually don't know what kind of show you're signing up for, right? Interesting. And so there are these, these kids, these YAs, where along the way, it's like they'll, one of them will be like, I, I don't want to do this, I quit. And then it's like, oh, well, we can't stop you. Like the host, and it's like, yeah, because that would literally be like kidnapping and false imprisonment. Like, you can, yeah, we literally cannot stop you, right, from leaving the show, from opting out of the show. Then it's like, oh, that evening, oh, well, the next part of the competition that's revealed is, is that as part of the show, like, you could win X number of dollars or whatever, like up to $50,000. And so then all the people who stayed are like, what? Because there are like people who are like borderline, like I don't want to do this. This just sounds like a hard experience. Yeah. Like why would I sign? Why would I want to do that? And it's and like actually, it's a game show that you're on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I could win money. Yeah, okay, I'll stay. But then it's like, oh, and then it gets much tougher. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's interesting. Yeah, you should check it out just because it's yeah. entertaining. <laughs> yeah, just structurally, that sounds like a very interesting mm-hmm. show. Yeah. So, so we'll see where that. I should probably finish that up. I, and I, I hope that I don't read any spoilers because I love to see how it finishes <laughs> up, though. But I, I want to know how the prize money gets paid out too. Because there's some shows where the prize money structures is like so funny where it's like, you're not making any money on this show. Like, why are you putting up with this? So, so we'll see. Because they can also lose money over the course of the show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If people leave, then they lose money. It's like Squid Game, but reverse. <laughs> yeah. So check that out. What are you watching not on like streaming? On like you you said that you were watching like a lot of like short little like content or whatever like on youtube what are you what are you oh. watching what what am i watching on youtube yeah <laughs> oh okay <laughs> that's uh, what this podcast see, should be called what are you watching on youtube it's an interesting thing because it's like you open up youtube and it's like for me at least the way i watch is you subscribe to channels on there oh I think that, yeah for me that is, it's like oh this is tv now yeah right? that's channels on yeah, here interesting but the thing that we're, <laughs> we're watching a lot of my girlfriend and i were watching a lot of during pandemic was you know i, th- I think it's probably like for some reason, the algorithm recommended some like travel video to us, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, just a silent, no narration video of a guy like walking around Tokyo or something. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's like, oh, you know, I wish I could travel. You know, I wish I could walk, you know, be, yeah. be in this place. It's in like a foreign country. And then, you know, there's like a video of like, 
a channel that has you know 10 videos of uh, let's get all these weird vending machines in like <laughs> singapore or something so you start watching that and it's like okay this is kind of weird you know yeah we have that in the united states and then <laughs> so the 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 journey from from watching this you know randomly recommended video and then watch these vending machine videos on this channel called dancing bacons so i think it's this guy <laughs> in like singapore or something he just goes to all these like disgusting conveyor belt restaurants and eats like all this weird food <laughs> or goes to like this play place in singapore and eats like a 400 hundred dollar seafood tower or something just like totally extravagant but there's like no insight onto what this food is or like, mm -hmm. how it tastes. So it's like okay this is just like you're wa just watching it and there's no real content here yeah. there's nothing that i'm getting from this so then we started looking for other videos you know what's similar to this and there's one called i i will always travel for food which is a japanese guy and his boyfriend i think mm -hmm. And they go to like restaurants and they travel all over Japan and go to, you know, Kyoto or like smaller cities outside of Tokyo. You know, there's like a whole like 12 minute episode where they go to like an udon restaurant and they just show you like what they get there. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there are a lot of videos too where they go to like a vending machine or they go into like, you know, a huge dollar store and just like tour that place yeah. or like go to the Japanese Ikea, show what that's like. But that, that channel actually has like, it's still this format of narrationless travel food video that has like subtitles describing what happens mm. or like describing what the person's eating or like mm -hmm. how something tastes or you know all, all sensory stuff it's all described in subtitles so that's like kind of interesting and this channel was like kind of insightful onto that into that sort of thing yeah and like we watched you know probably dozens of videos of the channel and then youtube algorithm recommends this other video <laughs> where it's like a different channel and it's like that guy in this video looks like the guy in this other video on this other channel we're watching. Wow. We start watching the videos on this other channel and it's the same guy from the first silent channel, but now he's like on camera narrating stuff. And that was like a like my mind was blown where it's like, we were watching this channel looking for more content of this. And then all of a sudden this guy has like an entire other channel that has three times as many followers and he's <laughs> on camera talking, narrating and stuff. And it's like, you know, three videos a week that he's releasing. Wow. It's weird. Like, I still, that was a, a point when I realized, too, it's like, I don't really understand how YouTube works. Or like, yeah, if you're the a algorithms. Yeah. I don't understand this at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Of, like, how do you, like, to release things where it's, like, you think it's going to do well, but then it's, like, it does really, really well in some ways, and then other, yeah. and then you're releasing other things. It's, like, I don't, it's so scattershot, it seems yeah. like. But I, and to, or if you're. Yeah, that, like, a person's livelihood and career is, like, all tied to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, or if you're, like, you're a creator and you're making all these videos of basically the same content, subject matter, mm -hmm. but you have to have one channel that's, like, silent and has subtitle narration or another channel where you're on camera doing, yeah. like, you know, live streams and stuff, but it's all around the same. It's it's really strange. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff I usually end up watching okay. on YouTube. But just, you know, travel, travel videos of places I can't go or... Yeah food videos of food that I can't eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, that, that definitely is better YouTube content than what I'm kind of forced to watch because of my kids. Um, unboxing videos. Unboxing like videos. Yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't succumbed to that, but it's like watching these, you know, it's, it's not even watching like, Oh, look at this train, this bullet train in Japan. You know, like that, that would be one thing. It's like, mm -hmm. look at these, this Japanese video, but it's not really Japanese because it's just Thomas the Tank Engine toys and somebody playing with toys, but because it's a Japanese one, it's like, whoa, those toys are kind of cool looking. Where <laughs> it's like, oh, those trains are really nice. And so, so yeah, I have to watch a lot of those kinds of videos. But what you're describing, though, it sounds a lot like. Have you ever heard of something called slow TV? I think so. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's like something that the concept of it has obviously existed. It's just the content has existed too. But I think maybe mm-hmm. the term comes from something where like in Norway, the, a public broadcasting channel do like kind of experimental TV. And for one season of whatever that show was, it was like, we're going to do something where it's just, there's no narrative or plot. Mm-hmm. And it's like reality TV in the sense of it's just what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, it could be on a train and you're, it's like you're sitting in this train, basically. Like the camera is just, you're on the train, and you're just watching what's happening outside. <laughs> and and the reason why I, I heard about this was because I listened to an episode of Invi- the Invisibilia podcast, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how, like, how do you combat, basically, the tool of narrative, right? Of, like, in, t- in the times that we're living in now, where so much misinformation, conspiracy theories are being pushed out there, and it's because the like how compelling it's told in a narrative, right? And Mm -hmm. the use of that. But it's kind of like, is there a way to relay information or to have any sort of content or programming that is not narrative-based? Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, and and like they discover, in the course of, I think, like trying to answer that question, they discover like, oh, there's this thing called slow TV. Yeah. And the, the Norwegian guy who was talking about the concept of it and why it's like so exciting and why he was so psyched about it was that it's like the most exciting TV because you are the narrator. You are the one who decides what's exciting and what's not. And so it's like, you know, you could be watching something and what you see is completely different than what somebody else sees. Right. Right. But then it's an interesting commentary on like, like, so then shortly after I heard that and I watched some of those videos, I went on a walk in my neighborhood and it was just like, this is slow TV. Like this, this is just, <laughs> I'm living like, it's like, it, it, it makes you more perceptive of things when you right, think about right. it in that way, as opposed to just like, Oh, I'm, I'm just existing. Right. But it's right. like when you're yeah, watching something in- on a screen, you're very focused on it. So it's interesting. It, it seems more like experiential than mm-hmm. being told what to think about something. It's yeah. like, you know, there's probably details you can focus on whenever you want in something in a, in a medium like that, yeah. rather than just being, you know, the emphasis is squarely on progressing a character or a plot or exactly, something. Exactly. But I, I don't know. I mean, pointing a camera at something that is a narrative choice that you're making. Right? Still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. there was also some debate around that of like how truly objective can, can a medium be basically. Yeah. So cool. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, there's a lot of content out there. If you were to fall <laughs> into a rabbit hole of content, I think Japanese travel videos is a pretty a safe one <laughs> to be <Yeah>. in <laughs> pockets of the internet. That's a pretty good pocket. So. Yeah, there's, wor- there's worse things yeah, yeah. on YouTube. All right. So what are you looking forward to watching next? TV stuff coming up. Yeah. I think season two of Reservation Dogs is supposed to come up sometime later this year. I think it's this fall. Yeah. Los of Spookies season two, I think, is also this fall, which... That is a crazy show. <laughs> so I've watched, I feel like, the first half of maybe the, the first season of that. But what is that show about, briefly? <laughs> Most of Spookies? Yes. It's about these young people, probably in their 20s, who, mm-hmm. ha- who are like horror fanatics. And they're really into horror, special effects, and makeup. And the main premise of the show is that they're, they have a business setting up like haunted houses Mm -hmm. for people who need to like scare somebody or (laughs) (laughs) you know those kinds of things but it gets it gets increasingly weirder and weirder as the show goes on julio torres i think is like he's one of the main characters and he has this whole backstory about like i can't can't remember it's something very strange where he's like an orphan 
maybe there's like a a witch or something involved in his backstory (laughs) it's Hmm. it's it's very bizarre there's another character who has like a hundred different odd jobs that she does throughout the course of the season (laughs) it's 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 pretty good and then what Um, is reservation dogs about briefly reservation dogs is about i don't don't remember where in the united states it's set but that's also about like i think it's like oklahoma yeah, yeah, I think they're like teenagers, maybe like recently graduated from high school. That's about the the vibe I'm getting, mm-hmm. like on a on a reservation, kind of getting into trouble, kind of figuring out what they want to do with their lives or where they want to go next. I think a lot a lot of the first season, at least, is one of the characters wants to go to California, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of tension about, you know, does she leave her friends and her family? I think there's also you know. A, a subplot where this group of friends has lost one of their other friends mm-hmm. and they don't really explain what happened but it's clearly like a something that they're dealing with yeah over the course of the season and it, you know, how that affects their choices that they're making going forward it, it's it's a comedy though so yeah. it's it's pretty funny but i don't know that show just felt really it felt different to me like mm-hmm. I, I hadn't seen anything like that these people who are not they're not rich they don't have a lot like to look forward to in life but mm-hmm. They're just trying to get by and, you know, be happy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the actors in that in that show, too, for the most part, aside from that one guy who was also in Dark Winds and Westworld <laughs> and all the things that yeah. they listed, are all newcomers. You know, I think yeah. they, they really casted, like, people who are close in age to the characters that they play. And, right, and right. so... They're, like it's such raw talent where it does it makes the show feel very real and it's yeah. sort of a reality where we haven't seen any of that before not exposed to that experience of what it's like growing up on a on a reservation and the conflict of like the concept of trying to get off the reservation right. versus like trying yeah. to stay within that community and the struggles of like the concept of a reservation too mm-hmm. yeah i think us growing up in arizona and, and having at least a, a cursory knowledge you know of all yeah. of that and everything but I think for the first time really seeing that on TV or in mainstream yeah, content, it, which is nice. It, it's done in a very like matter of fact kind of way too, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. There's no tokenism to it right, at all. Right, right. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting show. And I, that's another one too, where it's like the first season of it felt so self-contained. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what they're going to do in the yeah. end of the season of it, but I'm excited to, to find out. Yeah, yeah. I think that's another, that's a Taika Watiti show, right? Yeah, he's, like, a, he's a producer. Yeah, he's a producer it. on that. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like, I mean, so many of his other like movies and TV shows or whatever that are not Marvel <laughs> based essentially. Yeah. It is a lot more in that Aboriginal people, Indigenous peoples right. within, you know, New Zealand. And so I think that, that it's interesting how like him and then his, the creator of the show, who is Native American, how it's like they the Indigenous people's stories all over the world yeah. Are the yeah. experience shares a lot across the world, so yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think what else is coming up. Oh, but I was gonna say, have you seen Hunt for the Wilda People? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that movie. I, was I think that was that was the last thing that took. I don't know. He did uh, the Hitler movie, <laughs> um, <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People is really good. And then I think he did another one that's also set in in New Zealand mm-hmm. about indigenous, like a kid. I think it, I think it might be called Boy. Oh, okay. I think I think Taika Waititi is in that movie too. Okay. I feel like I've seen uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. 
it's like when you read it when you start reading a book and you're like have i read this like <laughs> it's gonna be like that yeah and then you have to read watch half of it before you realize yeah, yeah <laughs> i've exactly. seen this before all right so reservation dogs los of spookies, los of spookies. What uh, the rehearsal which is nathan fielder's new show oh He's yeah coming up. yeah after you told me <laughs> but, about that i had to look it up and i was like oh my god the concept of this yeah. show sounds insane and so yeah. him <laughs> I don't really know what to expect from that at all. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. I, th- I think the premise is that he's like helping people prepare for big events in their lives by like enacting staging it. the event. Re- in- in- it's like a pre-enactment. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a rehearsal for that yeah, life exactly. event. Right? Yeah. It's like a yeah. rehearsal for getting married or a rehearsal for having a kid. Having a kid. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if that yeah. shows anything like Nathan, Nathan for, you, for you, it's going to be a train wreck. <laughs> oh my God. That show, I felt like the ending of it, it was just like, what is, what is this even now? Like yeah. it, it became its own thing. Like it's larger than life type thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that was interesting. Okay. Yeah. So the rehearsal. TV, that, that's all I, yeah, that's all I've got kind of looking forward to TV wise. Nice. Yeah, I am. Uh, it's funny that you you brought up Wellington Paranormal because what we do in the shadows is coming back for season four. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. That's coming out really soon. So that's that's what I'm going to be watching. I need to get caught up also on Ms. Marvel. But yeah, so much stuff. Yeah. and I guess I will well, I will put up with season four of Westworld for now, and I will see <laughs> how that goes. <laughs> They're on thin you've ice watched, though. <laughs> you've watched the first three seasons of that? I have. Yes. Yeah. And are you just, you feel like you're just watching season four because you're obligated to do it? Or is it something that is, has been building up to this in the show? The former. <laughs> <laughs> season one, some of the best TV ever. Season two, it was like, all right. Yeah, it was tough to top. Season three, it was like, what the hell is this garbage? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, season four is here. <laughs> so oh, it's back. mixed, it's like mixed emotions no for it yeah it was it was i felt kind of like that with game of thrones at one point too yeah. so so here's a question how do you do you ever make a choice to stop watching a show i feel like maybe i make a choice but it's not so much as like a i will not watch that season mm-hmm. it's more just like a oh yeah that show and then i just <laughs> don't it's just watch like it organically losing interest yeah in i organically lose oh. interest and so i i kind of like to think that like for the most part, when I lose, in, it used to be this way anyway. There's just too much stuff out there to consume. But it used to be that when I started losing interest in a show, I could, I was sort of, for myself, I felt like I was a bit of a bellwether for like whether or not that show was going to get canceled shortly after that. <laughs> but uh, sometimes it would surprise me where I was like, I would stop watching a show and then I'd be like, that show is still going on? Like, holy shit. So, so yeah, I guess I'm not a tastemaker anymore. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't have I don't have the radar for what's gonna be a hit now because of the algorithm. I have no idea how that works anymore. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, so I'm excited to, to watch that. What we do in the shadows, not Westworld season four. And then I need to I need to watch more of uh, Dark Winds too because I'm only one episode into that. So, mm-hmm. okay. And to cl- to close up this episode before we do our deep dive. Okay, so what should I watch next? Based off of our discussion and what you know about me, what would be your recommendations for what I should watch? Well, my recommendation to you, based on what we're about to talk about, too, because mm-hmm. uh, I know you mentioned that you you liked the show that we're yep. about to talk about, and I, this might be a spoiler for what we're about to talk about, but my recommendation to you is Detroiters. Okay. I don't know if you, have you heard of this show? I had to look it up because I had never heard of it. Again, it was like, what what, what are these TV shows that you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. So I had to look it up, yeah. and I was like, oh, it's the same guy from I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> yeah, so I think the show ran for one season on Comedy Central, okay. but it's Tim Robinson from I Think You Should Leave. 
and Sam Richardson, who is also mm-hmm. a I recurring guest mm-hmm. on I Think You Should Leave. And it's the two of them playing best friends, which I think they are best friends in real life, mm-hmm. in Detroit, running like a, an ad agency. But it's a sitcom. And it's another one of these things where it's like the comedy, the, the sense of humor in it is very similar to I Think You Should Leave, but uh-huh. it's a little bit more focused because they're ch- telling a story yeah. for you know, 22 minutes each episode. Yeah, it's not like two-minute uh, se- sketches where you're like, what the hell? And then there's another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it has the same kind of jokes in it. Okay. The same kind of type, crazy The same type of absurdist humor. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's very charming. I, I, this is one. I mean, I, I think I watched this after the the first season of I Think You Should Leave, where it's like I need more of this. Mm-hmm. I need to see what else these guys have done. And this is this Detroiters is really the only other show I, I think that Tim Robinson has played a huge part in. Okay. And Sam Richardson is is in like every TV show. Yeah. Like, apparently, he's in like every episode of Veep, which yeah. I never watched that show. But that enough, oh, he's great is enough in that to show. Make me think that yeah. I should watch that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Detroiters is is very much in, and it's just a, a lot of the same people behind. I think you should leave okay. in a different type of show though, like mm-hmm. sitcom. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, all right. So Detroiters, that will be the next one. And I guess for anybody who, if you watch Detroiters and you like it, then you should definitely watch the show that we'll talk about in a deep dive episode as well. <laughs> okay. So my recommendation for you, Michael, is I think that you should watch the show Ghosts, the UK version of it. Mm-hmm. I have not watched the US version of it. They they did a US remake of it and coincidentally starring the the lead actress from iZombie. <laughs> so it goes full circle. But I think that that show is also very charming. And so the UK version of it anyways, basically the premise of it is it's that it's like this married couple, this young married couple, they're struggling to buy their first home. And they she all of a sudden inherits this estate from this long distant relative. And so but it's it's in disrepair. And so they make the decision of, okay, we should, we should quit our jobs and we should just live there because we don't have to pay a mortgage on or anything and we'll just fix it up. But it's like a monumental task because it's this huge mm-hmm. estate, like this huge manor. Uh, okay. But the reason why it's called Ghost is because because it is this historical manor that's been a long, around for a long time, it is quite haunted. <laughs> but the show is a comedy though. And so slight spoiler alert, there is something that happens in the course of the first episode where the woman basically becomes able to see ghosts and not just the ghosts that are in the the house that they live in mm-hmm. but it's like the it starts out sort of as the ghosts trying to drive them away because they don't want them to live there oh, okay. because they have they have plans of like the the owners have plans of trying to turn it into like a hotel or like a, a B&B basically and they don't want people coming in and because they essentially live in this house even mm-hmm. though they are ghosts and they don't require a bed or require all these types of things but the show is so charming because each of these characters they come from different eras in history and so it's like a motley crew of like you have a caveman and you have somebody who was there in World War One, and you have somebody who was there, you know, in like the Victorian age. And and so you over the course of the series, it kind of goes through the backstories of each of those people and mm-hmm. how they died. And then it's about because the owner of the home can see them and then can talk to them as well. She sort of becomes this medium for like, helping them interact in the world and then also vice versa because they have lived in the house for so long they understand the home and everything too and it's very well acted and i think that it's like it's it's again one of those shows where it's like uh, there's not a lot of recognizable actors really 
Hmm. And so I don't know if it was kind of like these were the breakout roles for a lot of these actors, but yeah. but yeah, it's it's really it's very funny and it's very touching and it's very sweet. So yeah, I'll have to check that. that out. I know my girlfriend watched. I think she watched all the the British version of that, mm-hmm. and then I, like I saw some some ad for the American version, and it's like, wait, I thought you said the show was a British. Show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got actually I got recommended this show by another friend, and after I watched it, I was like, that was delightful. And then I looked it up, and it was like, wait. There's a U.S. version of it. Did he recommend me watching the U.S. version of this or the U.K. version of it? And I'm like, I don't know, but I just watched the U- two seasons of the U.K. one, so <laughs> I guess I'll have to check out the the season. They only have one season of the U.S. one so far. Okay. They actually have three seasons, I think, of the U.K. one, but they have not uh, released the third season. It's on HBO Max. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. It sounds a lot like Beetlejuice. The premise for Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sure it's very different. The other thing it reminded me of. I just finished reading Lincoln and the Bardo. Mm. Saunders book about Abraham Lincoln visiting his dead son in like the graveyard and then like all the spirits of people who are trapped in his limbo Mm. between life and resurrection trying Mm -hmm. to convince the son to go somewhere or leave the graveyard or move on to whatever's next but that's another one too it sounded I mean I'm sure they're very different it sounded very kind of similar where it's you know essentially ghosts from all different points in history Mm -hmm. with their different perspectives on the place that they're in or the situation that they're in yeah yeah interesting yeah and it kind of connects <laughs> to like the wellington paranormal thing you know so, i know right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very paranormal themed or all just the, like all uh, the spookies yeah. yeah is there like a taika waititi connection to ghosts too maybe <laughs> i mean i could definitely find one <laughs> <laughs> if you want that to be the challenge we can make that the challenge <laughs> Okay, so with that, so the recommendations, Ghost UK for Michael and Detroiters for me to watch. So we'll, we'll, nice. we got some homework now for the next yeah. time, before the next time we talk. <laughs> I'll definitely ch- be checking that out. Yeah, okay. So f- to wrap up this episode, we'll do a challenge. So for anybody who listened to the first episode of this, you'll know that the six degrees of EMDB challenge is chaos and impossible. And so we will, re- <laughs> we will <laughs> revamp it a little bit where... Michael will give me a challenge for connecting two different actors via their bodies of work. And I will figure out, try to figure out how to do that, or we will figure out how to do that together. And if we cannot do that, then I will just cut this completely and we will just erase <laughs> our failure from, from history. So Two different actors. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm, I'm bad at actors. Okay. Like, face memory and like name memory, you can, I'm really bad Okay, at. you can just give me like the, the actor from this one connected to this guy. Or this person. Huh. I'm trying to think. Like, just looking back on the notes of the things, the things that we've already mm-hmm. talked about. Okay. I know. Okay. How about this? What we do in the shadows, the TV show and the movie too. I guess okay. right. Taika Waititi is in. Well, you can that. just give me a show, and I can connect okay, you yeah. to another show okay, so if you like. <laughs> how, about, how about what we do in the shadows and Los Spookies? Can you connect those Ooh. two? Oh, wait, no. Well, you've only watched a couple. Yeah, of I'm not super Losa familiar Spookies. with who's in Los Spookies. Huh. Well, can you connect what we do in the shadows and ghosts then? Let's try this. Okay, so the only actor who I recognize in Ghost plays a scoutmaster, and he plays the music and chemistry teacher in Sex Education. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Okay, so that show is excellent. <laughs> So let's see. Okay, so we're at Sex Education. So some actors from that show, Gillian Anderson, fantastic in it. 
See, this is just, this ends up becoming a list of recommendations, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So Sex Education is about, it's like a small town in England, and it takes, takes place at this high school. And it's like these kids, one of the kids opens up kind of like a sex therapy clinic within the campus, mm-hmm. like to for students, because his mom, mm-hmm. who's played by Jillian Anderson, is a, a sex therapist. And so, huh. yeah, and so I think he just, he's <laughs> like, I think he just starts by like, some some guy has a question about something like that and he like gives him good advice and then and then word of mouth spreads where it's like oh go go talk to that guy about it so and then they turn that into a business so so yeah that show is excellent so jillian anderson is in that one i'm trying to connect it to what taika watiti no wait yeah to uh, what we do in the shadows yeah okay which it could be through taika watiti okay let's see so jillian anderson has a very large body of work so i should be able to do this jillian anderson Okay, who is in What We Do in the Shadows? What We Do in the Shadows has Jermaine Clement and it has Taika Waititi. Ooh. In the movie. But I, I'm in the thinking show, the TV though, show has Matt, Matt Berry. He's yeah. been in a ton of British stuff. See, I don't, but I don't recognize him from, other, I don't watch a ton of uh. British stuff though. But the show has so many references to other vampires that mm. I feel like there must be something in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so connect them through through your knowledge. Yes. Yeah. I got to correct. Yeah. Hmm, hmm. This is six degrees of EMDB after all. So this is what's <laughs> within my database of movie and TV re- memories. Let's see. Okay. Who else do they have on what we do in the shadows? They have Rachel Evan Wood. Actually, did they? yeah, she appears on that at one point. Tilda Swinton appears on that too. Mm-hmm. Kirsten Shaw. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then what else is Jillian Anderson on? Jillian Anderson is also in American Gods, and she's also in X Files, obviously, with David Duchovny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jermaine Clement. Jermaine Clement was also in a lot of voice acting. That's going to be tough, though, because then I have to place it with who else plays the other voice actors in those movies. Oh, man. See, this is why it's impossible for me to ask a guest to do it, because it's impossible Mm. for me to do it. You want to help me out here, Michael? You got any thoughts here? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You also have the guy who plays Murray. He's in a lot of stuff, too. I feel like I had this. Murray on Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Yeah. Reese Darby. Yes. Hmm. Kirsten Shaw is also in Flight of the Concords. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting how there's these pockets. Of yeah. like, it's like these ensembles, I had, right? I that guess kind I hadn't of realized everywhere. that. Like she's been in so much other stuff since then. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, what? Okay, so maybe Jillian Anderson is too difficult of an anchor here. Which is weird because it's, she, it seems like she's been in <sighs> so much stuff. popular stuff. She was also in The Crown. So who else was in The Crown? Let's see. The guy who played Doctor Who. Also, the woman in the new, newish, newest Girl with a Dragon Tattoo series. Mm. Also, see, I haven't followed The Crown closely enough. Olivia <laughs> Coleman. I feel like Olivia Coleman should lead me somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So, Gillian Anderson was in The Crown with Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman is also in, I want to say, Broadhouse with David Tennant. Mm. It's like a detective show. David Tennant was in Good Omens with Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen was in Twilight with a shit ton of actors 
that were then <laughs> what we do in the shadows as vampires. <laughs> that's the connection. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it. That makes sense. Yeah. I think it checks out. <laughs> All right. We did Impressive. it. Impressive. I did Impressive. it. Impressive. <laughs> absolutely no way I could have done that. <laughs> oh, man. It's like kind of scary how, how easy you're able to recall some of this information. Uh, I guess so. But then it's also like, what am I using my brain for? A, okay, gi- no. a gift and a curse. <laughs> okay. So it's not Broadhouse. What is this called? Broadhouse sounds like a funny, like, gal pal show that I would absolutely watch, though. <laughs> it's okay. So David Tennant. And Olivia Coleman. What is that show called? Broadchurch. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then he was in Good Omens. I mean, he was also. So I then that's also weird Good too. Connection too that you had. Another Good Omens. Oh no! Wait. Good, uh, it's Good. American Gods. Yeah. Which both of those aren't those both based on Neil Gaiman? They are. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to throw Neil Gaiman in the mix, then it's like there's a yeah. lot of content that he's created yeah. too. <laughs> so all of it, all of which I really like. So I'll be interested to see. I think mm. what is it, Doctor Sleep? No, Sandman. Sandman. Sandman's yeah. gonna come out. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Okay, so that concludes that challenge. I'll okay. edit out all. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. I did it. Whew. My brain, my brain is tired. That was a good brain <laughs> exercise, though. I feel like a little brain teaser. Okay, cool. Thanks for listening to EMDB TV. Check us out on social media at EMDB TV and at www.emdbtv.com.